Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Susie Roberts. She is a second career dietitian who was attending the same college as her teenage son when she purposely and passionately chose dietetics. A few years into my retail dietetic career, I was contacted by Susie and she was asking if she could interview me on my role as a registered dietitian. When we met and started talking, I kept finding myself wanting to interview her about all the professional experiences she has had in her lifetime. All of her jobs actually led her to becoming a dietitian without her really even knowing it until much later in life. Susie is the perfect example of it's never too late in your life to do what you love. She also is a great example of a very passionate dietitian who I know has inspired many other individuals along the way and is now using her expertise and leadership in her current job. Please enjoy my conversation with Susie. Why don't we go back? So I know that you and I met through a second career choice for you as a registered dietitian. So let's maybe talk about your previous life before you became a dietitian. What was your profession and what kind of did you focus on? Okay. Well, my uh, first degree that I got out of um, college was business management. And I thought I wanted to get into human resources. And um, this was back in the late 80s, early 90s. And at that time, I um, came down to Des Moines from Northeast Iowa because I wanted to get off the farm, <laughs> hit the big, hit the the big city. city, yes. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of hard to find a job because at that time, and I thought, oh, I have this good college degree and I had very good grades. And I thought, I want something with the word manager in the title. Well, without any experience, I learned quickly that you got to start at the bottom. And so once I realized that, um, I ended up working as a, uh, as a benefit administrator, employee benefit administrator. And as luck would have it, about a month and a half into the position, the, uh, the manager person quit, and they actually split her job. She was the uh, VP of um, Human Resources, something like that. They split her job into two people. Employee oh. benefit manager was one, and then personnel manager was the other. And I was offered the the uh, employee benefits part. So I took that. That was at a big trucking company, um, Ruan Transportation. Oh, that is a big company. 3,000 employees in 42 states. They had a self-funded medical plan, which means that the company was paying for all the claims that were uh, running through or being incurred by the employees and their families. It was a $10 million a year budget. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And this was back in the 80s, okay? And also, I managed two people. So I had a benefit coordinator and a 401k coordinator. So I got a taste of managing people, too. And um, after I did that, about six or seven years, I decided, you know, I don't really want to manage people. So I started, um, I decided I'm going to get my master's in business, 
So I, at that time, Iowa State had like a Saturday program. And so I started off on that process. The first class they had me take was cost accounting. Accounting's not really one of my strong suits, and I ended up getting a C in it. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm not smart enough to handle master's level. So I thought, I'm just going to, to sit on out. And, you know, in there I got married, and and uh, a couple years later I had a child, and, and I still wasn't happy career-wise. I felt like I wanted more. So I thought, well, um, I'm going to check back into that uh, business master's. So I did, and by that time, um, I had to hurry up and um, finish the degree in so many years. Otherwise, I would have had to retake that cost accounting class. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) No, no. So then I was taking two classes at a time, and I I finally got up to the very last thing that they wanted me to do, and that was a creative component. So it wasn't actually a thesis. It was a different version that you could do and I knew I didn't want to go on to become a PhD or anything so I just took the creative component which is where you can do a study on anything that you want and so my manager and I decided well our uh, health insurance costs were starting to rise pretty rapidly and this was in the early 90s 93 94 and so we thought well why don't we do some kind of a, a study on our truck drivers and because we had looked at the data, the claims data, truck drivers were the ones incurring the most claims, and they were having those claims in heart and diabetes, cardiovascular, uh, uh, many that were um, influenced by lifestyle choices. So we thought, let's do something that would you know, be useful for the company as far as applying changes. And so we worked with a uh, a wellness consultant, and her name was Sue Roberts. (laughs) You've interviewed her before. Yes. Um, And she's also a dietitian. And she had her own business, and she was actually also working with Hy-Vee on their employee wellness program back then at that time. And so we hired her to help us put together a driver nutrition study. And so we had a test group, a control group, and uh, we put them all through health screenings at the work site there, just like, which is pretty popular still today. But back in 1993, it was an anomaly, It was new, pretty new. And so the test group got a very in-depth analysis of their results um, from the screening with Sue. Um, My benefit coordinator and I packed healthy snacks for them to take on the road with them for six months. We gave them education materials, and the control group um, really didn't get anything. Um, And then at the end of six months, we re-health screened everyone and... Uh, we found out that the test group, of course, had much more improved results. But the whole thing there, Anne, is that I saw Sue Roberts, the dietitian, make a difference in people's lives. Those truck drivers, a lot of them were changed by the impact that she made. She made nutrition easy to understand and something that uh, she helped them to come up with uh, simple ways to implement small changes. And she just made a difference in their lives. And I thought, that's what I wanted to do. And here I was at the very end of getting my master's in business. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, and now I have this aha moment. Yes, I had the aha moment right then and there. And um, so, of course, I I finished that out. The uh, professor at Iowa State that I had to present it um, in front of, they 
gave me all A's, thought it was really wonderful. And then um, a few months after that, one of the uh, professors from the transportation department at Iowa State um, was talking to my business professor, and they said, you know, there aren't any truck driver uh, wellness studies done. So they approached me about kind of rewriting the study and putting more of a statistical spin on it mm -hmm. at a deeper level. And then they wanted to present it and see if we could get it published. And they did. And we did get it published. Wow. It's in the uh, Transportation Journal, the spring 1996 version. That's exciting. It was very exciting. And that even fired up my wellness passion even more. Uh, I would say, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and then to get published and then to kind of do a study that was focused on wellness. So you started kind of transitioning away from. Yes, that was the start of it from there. And after that, of course, I wanted to get into the health promotion or wellness type of field. And um, a few years um, after that, I left Ruan and uh, went to an insurance brokerage firm called Holmes Murphy. And um, joined an employee benefit team where we worked on the employee benefits from a renewal and a marketing perspective for several clients across the state of Iowa. And some clients were multi-state. And um, my goal there was to put kind of a wellness spin or health promotion or health education spin on things. Um, but at the end of the day, it kind of boiled down to, is there revenue in this service or not? <laughs> and it was that from the Holmes Murphy perspective? Yes. They kept kind of questioning that revenue exactly. perspective. And this is kind of the older Holmes Murphy. I mean, they're more into wellness now. But in from 1999 to 2007, not so much, okay? And so, um, but I kept um, my ears open. I started networking with different people. Um, I was able to get Holmes Murphy to join the Wellness Council of Iowa. So I did get to do some, kind of like get my toe dipped into some of the health promotion type of um, field a little bit here and there. Um, so that was a, a good opportunity. And, um, but I even presented to the previous CEO of Holmes Murphy a job description for basically a, um, a wellness consultant within Holmes Murphy. And that was a risk, okay? Um, it was scary, first of all. Um, this gentleman's very intelligent, um, very visionary, and I really had a big dream to, to pursue this to get me to take that jump, that leap of faith forward. And um, so I had an appointment with him and everything, and he basically said, Susie, this sounds great. This is a great idea. And I'd like to see something like this go forward. Let's just see how it goes. Okay. So I, I waited for a period of time. I don't remember how much time, but it just wasn't coming to fruition. And in the meantime, in 2007, one of my um, colleagues um, was at a different brokerage firm, and she, she knew I had a passion for wellness and health promotion, and she said, Susie, our company is wanting to start a wellness consultant division, brand new in that firm. Would you be interested? And I really was. I was very, very interested and started talking with the uh, 
um, vice president over there about what that would look like, their expectations, et cetera, and um, decided to take the leap and, and started that. And it was, um, I've, it was a, a great career choice because as I've learned and that as I keep moving forward here, a lot of times you come up to like a fork in the road and you've got this opportunity or this opportunity, or maybe the other is you just stay where you are. And what I've realized is that you can stay just where you are. And, and that's kind of the safe option, but you also have to weigh, are you happy there? Do you feel valued there? Do they support and believe in what you're doing, what your purpose is there? And so at this previous employer, it started out great. For the first five years, Oh, they were so supportive. We were marketing. We were, they brought me along. The salespeople brought me along, whether it be employee benefits or property and casualty side. And we were a team. And my goal was to try to integrate employee health and well-being into what they were doing into their safety programs at the work site and injury prevention programs because it, it all is interconnected. Mm -hmm. Health can help. Being healthy um, can you know, help an employer not have as big as expenses on safety. And, and there is, um, you know, of course, healthier employees. Um, we can prevent heart attacks and chronic disease from getting worse. So it just made a lot of sense. And uh, so then, um, so right about 2006, 2007, healthcare reform was coming down the the Pike, um, or Obamacare, as some of us might know it as. And so my employer was making the decision, um, and they ultimately made the decision that um, we are not going to be doing wellness services anymore. They wanted to put that, um, I guess, uh, resources into helping employers with the uh, health care reform requirements. So my position became rather quickly eliminated. That was in July of 2013. So wow. it, it was very traumatic. Sure. Um, I, when I look back at it now, I loved that job. My clients loved me. I mean, I had wellness survey data that proved that they were satisfied with their recommendations. They were using the recommendations that, you know, I developed for them. And they enjoyed the reporting that we did, the communications that we put together, the multi-year incentive strategies. We just really did a lot um, for our wellness clients. And so no matter, even though the, my employer itself was a little kind of like just walking the, or they were talking the talk. Um, and I knew it, and I could feel it, but I still loved being able to help the employers. I just loved that part of it. And so I thought, okay, well, I think I can just, you know, kind of close my eyes to this side of it and just, you know, get enough satisfaction from the work that I was doing for the clients. And so I wasn't going to leave there because I was doing what I felt I wanted to. Um, so when that position was eliminated, it was like a door slammed on me, literally slammed on me. And then 
I was in a pretty low position. It was pretty devastating, I will be honest with you. Um, and it took a little while to pick myself back up and to just kind of think about, all right, boy, here I was. I was 49 years old, and I thought, what do I want to do? Well, my background, as I just described to you, was heavy in employee benefits and insurance. I did not want to stay in insurance. Healthcare reform was very complicated, and I mean, there were you know insurance companies going out of business, just a lot of turmoil in the whole industry. And so all of a sudden, this thought popped in my head, maybe I ought to go back to school and become a dietitian. <laughs> and I just let that settle for a little bit, and I was like, oh my God. I used to be a good student. I, I got good grades. I had to work at it mm -hmm. in the business arena. And I, so I rolled that around in my head. And again, I was 49 years old. And so I thought, well, I got a hold of Ann Oldham up at Iowa State University, the head of the dietetic program, and made an appointment and went up and talked with her. And we discussed it. So I asked her, well, what do you think? And she said, well, you've really got nothing to lose. Maybe you ought to just try a semester and see how it goes. So I thought, I think I'll do that. <laughs> so I literally stepped out of the workforce and signed up for classes. And uh, another little side note here, my son, Tyler, at the time, he was a, uh, a sophomore at Iowa State. And so I had a discussion with him. I said, Tyler, I'm thinking of going back to school to become a dietitian. And he says, oh, oh, that's nice, Mom. And I said, <laughs> I'd be going to Iowa State. And his jaw kind of dropped. He's like, oh. <laughs> You're going to be the same place I I could am. just hear the wheels turning. My mom is going to be on campus with me. And uh, he's, he's kind of a, a quiet, conservative person. And he just says to me, he says, Mom, college is a lot different than you went the first time. <laughs> just very seriously like that. And I said, I knew what he meant. He, like, computers. I said, honey, I know how to use a computer. He's like, I know you do, Mom. It's just really different. And he's a, a smart individual. And he was very true. I mean, going on to Blackboard and all these other different websites to do all the homework and the, the uh, online classes, the kind of chatting thing and all that was pretty new to me. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, well, we're going to just try a semester and see how it goes. And so I did. One of my, I still remember parking in the commuter parking lot, <laughs> trying to figure out the bus system. But I, I did. I made it. Got to my classes. One of my first classes was uh, general chemistry. 225 students in this auditorium. And I just found a seat. And as I'm looking around, I just thought to myself, what have I gotten myself into here? <laughs> I felt so like a fish out of water, like I did not belong. And I just thought, okay, well, you know, I'm here. I've made this decision. I'm not going to have to make another decision until the end of the semester. Let's just see how it goes. And there was some other angst there as well. I mean, I knew it, with chemistry, you have to have a lab class. And I thought, oh, God, nobody's going to want to be my lab partner. Aww. I know. 
You think, but you think about those things, though. You do. Sure. You do. I mean, I was pretty stressed about it. And so I'm in the, the lab room in Gilman Hall and just kind of standing, you know, among the tables there with the other students and the the TA teacher assistant comes in and starts talking. And, and so we said, yeah, you got to partner up. And I thought, okay, here we here go. We go. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like being picked last at, uh, you know, in second grade sure. for whatever dodgeball or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And by gosh, this nice young lady came over and she had long, beautiful red hair. And she says, hi, would you want to be my, my lab partner? And of course I, was just so relieved that anybody wanted to be my lab partner and come to find out that she was also a dietetic student. And so we, we had that in common. And so we hit it off really, oh, really well great. there. So that probably just took a load of angst off of your shoulders. Huge load. Sure. Huge load. <laughs> and as we, you know, went through some of the classes, I mean, we're using all this equipment, you know, been years and years since I'd had any of that in high school chemistry. And so I asked her one day, well, you know, do you know how to use all this stuff already? And she's like, oh, you know, some of it. She said, I had a really good um, chemistry or biology teacher at her school. And so we started talking about that. And, and um, she told me the name of her high school teacher and I it just hit me and I said really and so we were talking about her a little bit more and here we came to find out that her high school chemistry or biology teacher I actually went to college with her the first time around oh my gosh yes we were both alumni of Upper Iowa University <laughs> I know what a small world <laughs> it's kind of like totally like there's like some cosmic kind of intervention or something absolutely and it was kind of funny because my friend Nina is her name I said you know what I bet I have some annuals with your teacher's photos in them and I did so I brought them to school and it was just uh, one of the neatest experience and I I still have a great relationship with Nina That's awesome yes and we she was one of my best friends I had several really good friendships develop from going back to school as I continued on I, I made it through the first semester okay and I thought I'm gonna go for this that is, that is a great story. Thank you. I think it's interesting, too, how, you know, one person, one situation impacted your desire to even contemplate yes. going back to school. Yes. Like and you it said, stuck it, with me. Yeah. And especially, like like you said, with the point that you were in your life, mm -hmm. it's not an easy time to go back to school and no. to change all your plans and things yes. like that. Well, I had a mortgage. I had a son. You know, who was also in college. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I, yeah, when I went through and finished the master's, he was just a little kid. He mm -hmm. was three or four by the time I finished the sure. master's. The first time. Yes. yes. Yep. And I wasn't going to go back to school at that point. I mean, I couldn't afford it mm -hmm. at that point. Yeah. Wow. That's a very inspiring. And I, and I think it's inspirational that, you know, you also had such a passion for wellness that you kind of even pioneered a position mm -hmm. in that field, which was just becoming popular yes. and, and just becoming on the map. So, I mean, like thinking about that, you know, where you're at in your career now, that gives you so much more confidence to keep creating. Exactly. And proposing. I built that wellness consulting department from the ground up. I mean, we had to figure everything out. I didn't have any certifications in wellness when I took the job, okay. I had my experience, I had my BA and my master's in business, and I had this huge passion 
and I really wanted it. And I was able to sell that to the company, and it was quite successful for the um, six years that I was there. And so you had to learn a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. on your own because you didn't have any certifications or background or anything like that. So so school would have been easy for you. Maybe I had to work far. at it. I had to work at it. Of course, my our favorite nemesis, I've heard you talk about it on some of the other podcasts, is that uh, organic chemistry oh, yes. almost put me over the edge. It's That's the class, I think, that makes yes. or breaks a lot of us yes. along the way. It but was, you prevailed. I did. You did. I did. And Nina was my uh, lab partner oh, in that good. as well. She graciously agreed to be my lab partner. And boy, there were some tough tough classes there, but we made it through together. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think I think I blew up a lot of things in organic chemistry lab. <laughs> I had to do a uh-huh. lot of labs over. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I was probably the worst organic chemistry lab partner anyone could have ever had. So uh-huh. <laughs> it was the formulas and all that that just got the me. And, yeah. And, yeah, just crazy. Totally. <laughs> Well, we both prevailed on yes. that one. <laughs> yes, we did. And you know what? Nobody has asked me anything about acid-base reactions or anything. Nobody cares about that. No. None of the people that I'm visiting with are trying to educate today. True. Nobody. Which even, is good. Yeah. But do you ever catch yourself like thinking about um, just like how organic chemistry, just as a nutrition professional, how it does kind of play a little bit into some of the things that we learn and we do. Yes, I I totally do. I can see why we are required to take it. The foundation um, is, it's really necessary to, I mean, it sets us apart from the uh, certificate nutritionist people, you know, who just get a certificate after six months, Mm -hmm. they don't have near the depth of understanding that we do, especially when it comes to the clinical aspect, um, whether it be hormonal or disease or diabetes state, that that biochemistry and and chemistry knowledge really comes into... um, into some help there. It does. It does. It's funny. I always have to tell people because my roommate in college, she was an or she was a chemistry major and she's now an organic chemistry professor at a college. I know. And it's funny because I'm like, she was my roommate and I did not, I still was bad at it. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when you kind of got out of all those science classes and you started getting into those nutrition classes, you probably were like, this is heaven. I love this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was very focused, and I I knew I'd be able to apply it when we got all, you know, through the whole program. I was just very excited. And then, so you obviously, you got through college. How -hmm. was the internship process for you? You know, thinking about that second career dietitian. Yes. Another probably very intimidating part of your career. It was, it was. You know, and Anne, when I first went back to school, I mean, I knew that the degree was just like step one. And then you had to get selected for the internship. And initially I thought, oh, that's, that'll be not too big of a deal, kind of, you know, just part of the process. Well, of course, as I became a sophomore, a junior, and then a senior, I really knew how important um, the whole internship process was. And um, so just like everyone else, I was trying to build my volunteer experience, my other skills. Um, even at my church, um, one of my uh, 
colleagues at church, she and I put on a women's health conference. And of course, I um, presented nutrition as one of the topics. We ended up having like a four-hour conference just for women on women's health. And that was a big undertaking, um, but it was great experience. And it was um, something really appreciated by the ladies of the church. And even some of them still, you know, talk to me about nutrition from time to time because they, they knew that I was involved in putting that on. And you, again, you created your own experience. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think many people think they have to go find it where you can create your own volunteer experience. Yes. And then another one of my um, college friends, um, Jenna, um, she wanted to get some corporate wellness nutrition experience. And she knew I had a background in that. And so... Um, we put our heads together and, and between her, between our junior and senior year, I reached out to some of my previous clients in the Ames area. And I actually was able to help coordinate so that she got the experience with two different employers. And so we got to put together, um, nutrition education, um, kind of like email blasts, as well as, um, we got the opportunity to do uh, small group presentations, which was a great experience for her. I mean, I have done literally thousands of employee benefit <laughs> renewal presentations. Sure. And I mean, sure, I, I get nervous myself. And but you know, when you know the material, you know that you're going to know probably 99.9% more than anybody in the room. Okay. And you just have to get comfortable with it. But with nutrition, of course, that's pretty new to me too. But I knew that it would be really good experience for Jenna to have that presentation experience. And how do you put together a PowerPoint? And what do you got to think about? You know, who is your audience? What kind of um, knowledge are they going to have? Are they male? Are they female? Are they older? Are they younger? And so working with her, um, I feel... I gave her some a good opportunity to have a unique experience that she probably and she even got paid for one of the, oh, wow. the jobs. So that was good. <laughs> yeah, I just did everything volunteer because I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. But she, you know, needed some needed the income too. So that was a nice little bonus that that worked out as well. Which that's I think that's great because you brought a whole other dimension to even like the mm-hmm. other students that you were in class with because you did have so much expertise mm-hmm. in that professional level. That you offered, you offered some knowledge as well to mm-hmm. those other other peers that you were with. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they were very, they were probably very grateful for you to be kind of. I would have loved to have someone that had expertise like you mm-hmm. along the way professionally in college. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Anne, because I know when I graduated from my first degree and I, you know, came down here from small college. Um, I didn't have anybody to kind of help me or to take me under their wing. And that was one reason why I was glad to be there for some of my fellow friends and student friends that reached out to me. I mean, I did everything I could to help them in any way that I could um, because I just knew that it would be beneficial to them. Mm -hmm. 
That's what I love about our profession. Yeah. I think that we have, we're just all so connected in some way Mm -hmm. that we want to help each other out. Yes. I hope. I hope that's the gist. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, um, we all want to get out in the field and we all want to get our experience. Um, So. Yeah. So, internship. Oh, yes. You got... With Iowa State, the internship. Was it the only internship that you applied for? Yes. Because of your circumstances? I did. I mean, I my husband and I own a home in Ankeny, and um, I wanted to have the shortest time requirement and the, the least expensive. And so I was very fortunate to get selected for the Iowa State internship. And I got to um, do most of it at the VA hospital in Des Moines, which is literally 15 minutes south <laughs> of here. close. <laughs> I know. And I loved working at the VA. I was there with another Iowa State intern. Um, and she was actually she had graduated a couple years ahead of me, and she was a um, worked in the National Guard, and so she decided to get some experience after she got the degree, and then she came back in wanted to get the internship done. So we were both there. It was a great opportunity to uh, meet someone that I didn't know before, and so we, you know, I would be doing clinical and she would be doing food service, and then you know it kind of swapped, swapped a little bit. And but it was a great experience. There were um, about eight dietitians at the VA, and two certified diabetes educators, and one gal actually like one gal and the part-time person, they focus more on the weight management program that they have for vets called MOVE. And so there I got to do some small group education things. Um, there was a women's vet group that um, one of the topics I presented on was different milks. And so I you know, was able to purchase different kinds of milk. And then they would, we did a little taste testing and I did a little comparison of the different nutritional value of the different kinds of milk. And um, they liked that so much they wanted me to do something like the next month or whatever on oils. So we did a similar thing with oils, um, different types and different cooking tips and that kind of thing. So I just really loved that whole um, type of system. And I also like how they could do a lot of internal referring. And the doctors at the VA, very on board with the value of a dietitian. That's great. Hugely on board. Um, one of my main assignments for uh, that was for at the VA there was to um, we um, they asked me when I first got there well what's new you know what's new with the curriculum and I said well malnutrition's really um, what they're the teachers and the in, uh, preceptors at Iowa State are really emphasizing in the academy and so they're like oh that sounds great so I helped them at the VA. Uh, one of the dietitians, her name was Gretchen. She and I were supposed to try to get claims data as far as how much is being coded for malnutrition claims of veterans. And because I know how all that works, and I know how you have to ask for certain things in a certain way to get what you want, um, it took us probably two to three weeks to finally get a simple report on how much, um, how many claims were being filed as far as being um, with a diagnosis of malnutrition, and it was minuscule, minuscule. And so what we found out is that there weren't referrals being made, of course, to the dietitians, and um, and again, that's kind of 
like I said, they have a really great, robust internal referral system. Um, so we put together a presentation for um, like a physician staff meeting that they have regularly. And they said, okay, you guys can have five minutes to talk about this. <laughs> You're like, oh, five minutes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, they gave us 20 so that tells you how interested they were sure. in it. And by the end of the day, we already had one uh, patient, one new patient referred in to a dietitian to be reviewed who a doctor suspected had malnutrition. And he did. Um, so that, that was neat because I, I felt like, you know, I was able to share my newfound knowledge from being a student um, with these other dietitians that had been, you know, in the trenches for, for a while and uh, share something with them to kind of help uh, improve their, uh, the care that they gave to veterans and then also to help improve reimbursement too. And that's so important. That's mm-hmm. exciting as an intern. Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. Yes. So when you're in your internship, what did you kind of, what was, what were you drawn to the most? Like what area of your internship, when you thought about when I'm done with my internship, this is kind of what I want to go into. Yeah. What I loved the most was the um, small group presentations or the one-on-one counseling or coaching for like the, the weight management. Um, that was what I was really drawn towards. Um, I there was there's a dietitian there that specializes in cancer. Um, there was one that specializes in, um, of course, the acute inpatient, and then others for uh, the long um, long term skilled care. So they're kind of like a nursing home ish, but um, so there's lots of different types and. And there's also um, a dietitian that visits vets in their homes oh. and does home visits. Hmm. Um, so they have social workers that, and the dietitian would consult together because they both have things that they're checking for, you know, making sure everything's, um, you know, safe in the home and that the uh, vet is not malnourished and, and the, all that. So they just have a wide spectrum of care um, from preventative all the way to very chronic to like the nursing home aspect. But I still liked that the the coaching and the small group education is that piece kind of the what, best. Is that what you sought out yes. after your internship then? Yeah, I did. So tell me about that adventure. Tell me about being done with your internship and mm-hmm. ready to rock the world. Yes. And navigating that new job, finding that job. Yes. Well, I finished the internship um, a little bit early because I had some credit for my work experience. Nice. And so, you know, I probably took a week off and then I hit <laughs> the <it>. books. <laughs> I, well, I hit the books hard to study for the exam because I wanted to get that exam done and out of the way. Um, so I got that done right before Thanksgiving. So that was something to be very thankful for. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so so after that, I did take a few weeks off and then started um, searching out for jobs here in the central Iowa area. And what I wanted, and was I wanted to find, I wanted to be employed by an entity. Um, I wanted to get what I would call uh, actual um, 
dietitian experience under my belt. I mean, yes, I toyed with the idea of having my own small business. Um, I had actually done that a little bit through school when I was a student. And um, I, I knew I could continue doing that. I did some health coaching for a client up in Ames while I was a student. And uh, she has, had even asked me to come back and do nutrition counseling for her uh, wellness program participants. And I've actually continued to do that a little bit here um, since I became licensed. But um, so I found out that the market was very saturated here. Um, I interviewed at several places, some of the hospitals here. Um, I, well, actually a, a position came open right when I finished the internship at the VA. And um, that was a primo job. That would be a primo job. And both myself and the other intern applied for that. And uh, she did get it. And I am perfectly fine with that. She earned it. She was a vet. She had gone over to Afghanistan, mm -hmm. you know, and put in military time. So that was just the right thing. And I know she's still there and she enjoys it. So that was that was very, I was very happy for her. Sure. And I continued to look. And... Um, um, so, um, Jean Andreessen reached out to me and she said, Susie, if you're available, we would like to use, utilize your insurance background. Um, because when I was a senior, I had done a independent study on what I would call insurance, health insurance 101 for Dr. Campbell, the medical nutrition therapy professor. And... I, I was kind of killing two birds with one stone. It helped Dr. Campbell out because she wanted something more detailed than what she had presented to us. And um, because after she had talked about insurance a time or two, I mentioned to her some things that I felt were a little more, um, I guess I would say, correct with where the the time was because things in insurance do change a sure. little bit over time. And so I was just giving her some tips, I guess you would call it. And then she had approached me about maybe you could do like an insurance 101 type of um, independent study. And so I did that. And then I also got to present that. And this is still while I'm a senior. I got to present that to anybody in the um, College of Human Science and Nutrition could come, and about a dozen people came, and there was two or three of the people, including Jean Andreessen from the ISU internship. And as I was presenting, I could see people taking notes and that kind of thing. That's always a good sign. Yes, it is. Rather, because insurance can be a little dry. Yes. Um, and so after that, uh, that I think led to Ann, uh, Jean Andreessen coming and saying, you know, the um, CDR, the credentialing body for our dietitian um, licensure, they have a requirement that is beefing up the insurance knowledge of dietetic interns. So what they wanted me to do was an insurance 102, like webinar. Yeah. And so I put that together for them. So that was my first official job as a dietitian was contract work for Iowa State. And Jean said, and we're going to pay you, Susie. And I was like, oh, Ooh. that's even better. <laughs> yeah. It's very unheard of. Yeah. Your, your yeah. Schooling. Yeah. Um, so we did that. And so now the interns um, 
get to listen to me do a webinar, and then I assume that they have some kind of an assignment that Iowa State has come up for mm -hmm. them to, you know, prove that they listen to the webinar or whatever. And that was interesting because I had to dive a little deeper into what are ICD-10 codes? What does that exactly mean when it comes to dietitian reimbursement? And how does that work? Um, so that was educational for me. Um, and I feel like I really just kind of scratched the surface there. Um, but that actually led to me being a speaker for our last um, fall Iowa Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics meeting. Um, Tanya Hargrave-Klein had said, we always you know, want good or speakers, and reimbursement is always of interest mm -hmm. to people. So I worked with uh, Carrie Liren. She and I put together a reimbursement, kind of like an insurance 103, I guess you could call it, <laughs> at last fall's um, annual meeting. So that was interesting because, you know, here was something I did at, in school as a project. I really did it to help Dr. Campbell out. I didn't need the credit, mm -hmm. you know, and it was more work than, you know, I thought initially. Sure. But I was happy to do it because I felt like it could benefit other students. Because after working in insurance so long, and after doing all those employee benefit renewal presentations to employees, our main message there was to help make insurance easy so that employees would A, know what benefits they had, and B, it was kind of like helping the employer get their their benefit bang for the buck. Because a lot sense. benefits are very expensive. Um, I mean, a single or a, a health insurance policy, if you were going to buy that full retail, it's going to cost you anywhere from fifteen to 20000 or maybe even more a year. For one person. For, yes. And when you're covered under insurance of your employer, you might pay 20 to 30% of that premium, but the company is paying 60 to 70, maybe 80% of it. So those are big time dollars. So with that mindset, I was my goal was to try to make insurance easier here for up-and-coming dietitians who would be entering the workforce and some probably not having any knowledge at all. Probably a lot of us not having any mm -hmm. knowledge about that. Yeah. Yeah. And with your background, that was like kind of a perfect fit for you. It was. And and I actually um, got the opportunity to be a reimbursement representative for the Iowa Academy. Um, Carrie Liren and I um, did that job um, together. Um, it's a big job. And it was a way to help, you know, again, give back to other dietitians. I mean, just a few weeks ago, um, I went to Carol the hospital in Carroll, because um, that group of dietitians up there, which include like Lake City or some of the towns around there, Guthrie Center, they meet quarterly and they wanted me to come and speak to them about reimbursement. Um, so I did that and um, there's a lot of questions that were unanswered, but they felt good that A, I went there um, to represent the Iowa Academy. And then B, they had some questions that I did conduct research, and I even had to go to the Academy people for some, some of these answers. answers. Sure. Yeah, because it's just insurance can be so complex. 
And you know, and that's the thing, like you even saying that with your mm-hmm. experience that it's complex. So you still just have to keep finding those people that are kind of experts. Kind yes. of like, you, I would consider you an expert in it. And even you don't know everything. Yeah, I appreciate it changes that. all the time. Yeah, because I, I, I actually got a little taste of how much maybe I, I don't know with it. Because after I did that um, Iowa State internship job, um, a few months later, I was contacted by a temporary agency. They needed a dietitian to cover the maternity leave for the one dietitian, one and only dietitian at the Knoxville hospital. hospital. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hmm, that could be an interesting opportunity. They wanted somebody to handle inpatient, outpatient, and the diabetes clinic. Oh, I know. Easy. <laughs> it was easy, right? <laughs> I know. I know. And so I was like, holy cow, that would be what a great opportunity. So you know, I was very upfront with my amount of experience, which I had gathered from my internship. And um, so they uh, uh, they set up an interview. I went there and interviewed with the dietitian, and uh, we hit it off right away. Um, nice young gal. This had been her first job out of her internship, mm-hmm. and it had actually been a two-person dietitian department, um, but then it became one. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> it became that's one. Sad to hear that. It is. It is. And, you know, you can, it was a good opportunity. I mean, I, I've been around enough now, and even with meeting with the, the dietitians in Carroll, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, different facilities value dietitians at different levels. Okay? Like I told you, the VA, the VA highly valued. Others, you know, others, I think um, there's, there's opportunity there for we, the dietitians, to prove our value. Because sometimes, you know, you don't know what you're missing if you, if you don't know. Mm-hmm. That's, a very, that's very important to remember yeah. that that can change at different places yes. that you work at. Yes. And so I, I was at the uh, Knoxville Hospital for four months, and it was super experience. I mean, I got to learn a electronic medical record system, which was, of course, different than what the VA had. They had some other type one. that they used. Um, in, in Knoxville, they used Cerner, whereas like Unity Point uses Epic, you know, so they all are probably, you know, have some similarities. But learning a whole new system, very challenging. Um, there was also um, some lack of procedures. And so that was something that um, the dietitian had been trying to get worked on, you know, in amongst doing the inpatient, the outpatient, and seeing the oh my the people in the diabetes clinic. Sure. Um, so, needless to say, she was doing the best that she could, but she was kind of at a point where treading water might be a way to think about it, but doing the best that she can. Oh, and she was also in charge of the the uh, kitchen. Oh gosh, the food service. <laughs> oh my yes. god! But thank goodness I wasn't going to have to. Duty um, of that. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Of course, it's all kind of interrelated. Um, but I did get involved in a project there. We, uh, um, during the maternity leave, we were, uh, I was asked to put together some ideas for diabetic-friendly snacks. 
So that was something. Um, it was interesting working with the physicians and the pharmacist and the other nurses. Um, just very, very interesting. There's really a, a process there that rolls along, and they're very in tune with, um, you know, getting people plugged into the right designation, into the right facility once they leave the hospital. They also help set up um, like after hospital care, oh. a lot of coordinating with community resources. I was pretty impressed. For a smaller kind of a yeah. hospital, that's a nice, yeah. nice component to it. Yeah. And I was kind of nervous that there might be a tube feeding or something, you know, <laughs> that would come in while I was there. And I really lucked out, Anne, because... You didn't have one? Well, there was one. Was However, there? I was in Washington, D.C. at the public policy oh. workshop when that happened. Well, there and you go. there was a dietitian covering for me while I was gone for a few days. And so, luckily, she got that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Those are always scary. I know. I kind of struggled with... With that that concept in mm-hmm. MNT, I mean, you know, if I was, um, you know, doing it on a regular basis, I'm sure, sure, I yeah. totally. But you know, a year out, one from random school, one in a year, yes, yes, <laughs> You're like, huh, okay, uh huh. Mm-hmm. So where did it lead you after? And I think that's interesting that you said that you did take a temp job, which there are yes. sometimes those kind of jobs available and not be scared to, yes. to do one of those to get some experience, yes. like you said. Now, if I may just say something there, okay, I knew, Anne, that I wanted and needed to get clinical experience. And so because the market around here was kind of dry and this opportunity came along, I knew I wanted this job very badly. So what I did is I told the hospital and the temp agency, I said, I will guarantee you that I will stay there during her whole entire maternity leave. Now, I know if I was a young person and, you know, here I'm taking this temp job, which probably I would think would be a good idea. Well, what if a quote unquote, really a better opportunity came along with a full time job with benefits or something like that? I would have been gone in a heartbeat. Sure, sure. And most people would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this age and stage of my life, I, f- I knew I could gain valuable experience um, from that, including running the diabetes clinic. What a great yeah. experience there because I got um, to be familiar with the certification through the American Diabetes Association that a lot of our hospitals and clinics go for that um, to enable more reimbursement coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, see, I got that exposure as well. And so I got the job. And you didn't have to commit. Like, I think there's kind of, a, that's a kind of a great position. You mm-hmm. can do a temp job and just to get, get your feet wet, yes. get some experience, but then you don't have to feel like you, if you don't decide you don't like that very right. much and you want to try something else, that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you so when you got done with your temp position? You know what was your kind of next next journey? Okay, well, um, in the middle of doing the temp position, an opportunity came up. Of course, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and um, it was um, from someone that I knew at my previous employer before I went back to school because I was a board member at the Healthy Living Center in Clive. Um, and that is a, a medical-based type of, um, it looks and feels like a YMCA, but it was medical-based. They had physical therapists there. And so when doctors would refer people in, whether they 
be for weight management or needing physical therapy or if they needed warm water therapy for any, like uh, rehabbing from a knee surgery. Um, stroke victims, people with Parkinson's. These people came in for the, that very specific medical-oriented care, whether it be um, physical therapist or attending some of their classes that focus on um, evidence-based information, whether it be diabetes prevention, um, anything to do with restoring health, reducing inflammation, etc. Um, so that lady, uh, her name is Trina, she reached out to me and said, Susie, let me tell you what we're doing here. The, the contract with Mercy had come to an end a few months earlier. And what she and two other people did is they decided to take that concept that she was instrumental in developing at the Healthy Living Center, they decided to take it out into the community and replicate it. And so they had been doing that for about three, four, five months. And she reached out to me and she explained all this to me because it's a new company. She said, Susie, we think we need a dietitian. And I told her, Trina, you need a dietitian because as I was seeing from my clinical dietitian experience at Knoxville, the dietitian is such an important piece of helping people regain their strength, heal their wounds, um, manage their diabetes. And, and that does continue when they go home. So I loved the concept of, of Trina's company. It's called Community Health Partners. And the whole premise is to take, is to extend care from clinic into the community and meeting people where they're at and being like an extension of the doctor's arm, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, but at a more affordable type of method. Okay. And so we, um, we started talking and she said, well, I've got this opportunity. Um, she said, I really like to bring you on board if you have an interest. And I told her, I have a huge interest, but I have committed to being here until it was about the end of September. And she appreciated that. And I appreciated that she appreciated that because mm -hmm. loyalty is important um, in business. And, you know, um, finishing what you start is important. Um, and doing what you say you're going to do. All those things are very important to do in the workplace, as well as your personal life, too. And so she respected that, and we just decided to stay in communications. And so my uh, part-time job ended um, in September. And then in by the uh, middle of November, I was brought on part-time at Community Health Partners as the Nutrition Services Director. And so here we are six or so months later, and I'm still technically part-time, but we're moving towards the direction of full-time, and that'll happen before the end of this year. I, I know it will. Mm -hmm. There are so many things coming onto our plate. Um, it, it's really rather exciting. Um, but we want to, one of my main jobs is to get community health partners certified through the American Diabetes Association um, as a um, preferred diabetes self-management 
Education and Support Program, that DSMES designation. Mm -hmm. And here I had learned about that at Knoxville because I had worked under that sure. and was familiar with some of the standards and the requirements of that. So now I'm taking that experience and pretty much figuring out how to get the whole certification on my own from you know, start to finish. And it's quite a process. It's, it's a little different because we're not a clinic. We're not mm -hmm. a hospital. So we have to figure out some different types of workarounds for uh, record keeping and communications and things like that. So it's a challenge, but I feel very confident that we can get this certification. And when that happens, um, we're going to open up um, the window to more MNT types of services that community health partners will be able to provide. That's exciting. It, it is. It is. Who would have guessed that you would have, I know. you know, like been in that position yes. to help a newer company. I love that you yeah. said you need a dietitian. Yes. And that they came to you wanting right. a dietitian, but you confirming, yes, you mm -hmm. do need this component in mm -hmm. your business model. Yes. Yes. So in a way you kind of created your own position and how you were going to make that work because they probably had no idea. You're really. absolutely right. <laughs> we are we are building this again from the ground up, mm -hmm. but it's a great opportunity. Um, and part of me, Anne, is a little surprised that I took this leap because 20 years ago, I was Mrs. Conservative, Mrs. <laughs> just go for the sure thing and, you know, let's just march, march, march along. And now it must just be kind of a, you know, gaining wisdom as we go through life, we go through ups and downs in life. And I know that um, I'm going to get very good experience. I know that I can provide value for them. And from there, we'll just see where the next chapter goes. I, to be honest, I'm not really worried about it. You're just excited to be yeah, a part of it. I am. I am. I mean, we already have at Community Health Partners, we have things going in Florida, Michigan, Texas, and Missouri. Oh, already. that's really exciting. Yeah. You're based in the Des Moines area. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. exciting. We've got some great things going, especially in Florida. And it's just amazing. Amazing. And you're, and you're at the beginning of it. Yes. That's even more amazing. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I mean, you know, with that being said, and there are some kind of non-glamorous things that we're having, we have to, we're building our policies. Oh, we're building sure. our procedures. I had to learn another medical record system. <laughs> <laughs> you're a forever student, right? Yeah. In some way. Well, um, yes, absolutely. Another thing is we are having to... Um, research and select a technology platform vendor. Mm -hmm. um, and that takes work because you have to oh go and word. look at all these different vendors and you have to look yes. at their platforms and you have to say, can you adjust this? Can yes. you change this? Can you add this? Or, yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's not easy things, but you know it's important for the success long term. And all, all you can do is just jump in and, and just do your best and see where it goes. And your expertise helps, you know, develop those things mm -hmm. because you see it from a different perspective than maybe your partners or your, your coworkers. Yes. You know, and it's interesting that you said that, Anne, because one of the things that when I initially came on board is they were really wanting to go down a corporate wellness path to be kind of like a full corpus wellness vendor ourselves. And 
you know, I had come out of that field. Mm -hmm. And I know from my colleagues still in it, in the health promotion field, it's changing. It's really different. And it is moving not only from more culture related at the work site to more do no harm to employees to whole well-being. It's just way different. And I did speak up um, and, you know, did a little bit of research, told them what I had found. And I'm uh, happy to say that they've changed that direction a little bit. And I, I feel like that's a good move. Um, the other thing that they've agreed to do is I, I love to do employee presentations. I love to do that teaching part of it, make nutrition simple. You know, there's certain people who are great scientist people and they know all that research stuff. Well, what I like to do is take that and then make it simple for the average person to understand. And so one of the things that we did um, is we put together a whole little listing of educational programs that any of our physical therapists can do. We have a nurse on staff. She does heart things. We have diabetes specialists. So we've got a menu of things, and there's several nutrition things. And so as we put those together, you know, we'll be able to take that out to the business site. You know, I've you guys do something like that too. But we can also, from there, market our other programs and services and courses that we offer to people who may be able to utilize those mm -hmm. at the work site. So we're doing wellness. It's just in a different way. And That's I think awesome. it makes more of a business sense to, to do it this other way. Especially since you had that, you've been exposed to it, you know how things are changing in the, yes. in the field and, and how they need to adapt a little bit. So Yes, and there are hundreds and thousands of wellness vendors in the marketplace. And they've been doing their stuff for years and, you know, starting out from ground one, not, you know, got to just take different. a lot. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds like an exciting position. Yeah. It'll be interesting to follow up with you at a later date and just kind of see how it's changed and the things that you're working on and, mm -hmm. and how your job and your role has changed too. Mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. there's a lot to be said for having some of those random experiences. <laughs> there are. <laughs> earlier in your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there really are. And I mean, I wish when I was younger that somebody would have said to me, oh, don't get all wound up and all stressed out about, you know, finding the perfect job right out of the shoot. Um, everything that I've done, whether it be the contract work or this or that part-time job and then taking that temporary job at Knoxville and then, you know, starting out part-time at a brand new company, it's just nothing but good. I mean, building, building, building upon skills and, and my knowledge and, and at the end of the day, I still get to help people. And that's what I enjoy doing. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. I'm so proud to know you. <laughs> it's so nice to have well, a conversation with someone you. that has just so much different experiences from all different types of the workforce that, you know, you can be a dietitian at any time in your life. Yes. And all your expertise from previous lives can fall in and help you in that, in that area. Yeah. Yes. So if she can go back to school at 49, right? Right, exactly. Anybody can go back to school. <laughs> yes, yes. And again, following the passion. Yes. And just trying to realize that things build upon each, each other. It's a good message. 
Thank you. Well, you've answered a lot of hard questions. You want to answer some easy ones? Oh, yeah, that would be, be great. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> what is your favorite food? Um, chocolate. Chocolate. Yeah. Do you have a favorite chocolate? Milk chocolate stars. And I, Ooh. yeah, if I go shopping at some of the Hy-Vees, you know how they have those candy bins. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> I've, uh, you know, being a dietitian, we we eat food. Yes. You know, yes. we're not the food police by any means. No. And whenever I tell people that I'm a dietitian, sometimes they're like, oh my God, I can't eat this or that now. And I'm like, yes, you can. You know, we're all about balance and, and everything. And I have found that if I want some milk chocolate stars when I'm at Hy-Vee, um, I w- initially I would start out getting like a pound worth because, you know, it was however much, four ninety nine a pound. Sure. <laughs> and so I, for some reason, I thought I had to get a pound. Well, the pound, you know, doesn't take very long to go through. So I've adapted and I'll get a scoop and put that in the bag. And it's literally a tenth of a pound or whatever. <laughs> and just having that, you know, who cares if I eat it yeah. soon or whatever. Or all at one time. Oh, yeah, or exactly. Or ride home. What right. up? <laughs> right. Exactly. But no, that, that is one of my favorites. That's a good, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I like that one. What's your favorite? Favorite beverage? Oh, um, I love Moscato wine, especially from Tassel Ridge Winery. Mm, that's which an is, Iowa wine. It is. Yes. It's over by Pella, and uh, I've been there a couple of times. Um, and it, it's just a really and I love to support local and small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for wine, I love their Moscato. It's they call it um, Star Spangled White or Star Spangled Blue oh, or something cute. like that. I'll have to try yeah. that. I haven't tried that one. Yes, to have some have that with brunch maybe this weekend. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Blue, blue. All shades. Can you tell? Yeah, well, yeah. in your house, there is some beautiful shades of blue in yes, here. <laughs> blue, teal, green. Nice mm-hmm. and vibrant. It's mm-hmm. very pretty. Uh, what is your favorite scent? Vanilla. That's a delicious. It's yeah. a delicious. It's calming. It's yeah. just. Whether it's, it be a candle or cologne or I just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And what brings you joy in life? Helping people. I kind of go back to the whole being a student, kind of the mom figure for some of my classmates. Helping them along the way has been awesome. Um, you know, helping my son figure out some of his next steps in life. Um, helping my my husband, of course. Um, we're at a age and stage in life where, you know, we make a good team. You know, his parents are 85. My dad is 80 and in a nursing home. And, you know, so if we can help our respective siblings make some tough decisions as we go through these next chapter of lives or helping my girlfriends as we go through different stages sure. of life. You know, we, we've already been the childbirthing phase. We've raised our families. Now we're kind of in that midlife menopause type yeah. of stage. <laughs> Everybody's trying to find out how can we, you know, What's maintain our rights. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. How do we get through these different phases? Mm-hmm. But that, that brings me a lot of joy that I have um, some great relationships with family and friends. Um, and all ages. It just yeah. sounds like you have a great mix of all mm-hmm. the people that I do. you help support. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's what makes you great. Oh, thank Susie. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking time to spend and chat with me today. And like I say this to all my other guests, I'm like, we're going to have to follow up again and do like a check-in sometime great. in a year or so that. and just kind of see what's going on and what's exciting in your life. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate your time. I truly feel I'm very fortunate to have connected with Susie throughout her dietitian journey so far. I really see Susie as a pioneer, not only in dietetics, but in many aspects of health and wellness. I love her drive, I love her determination, and I very much appreciate her quest for knowledge and for the kindness she shows everyone that she encounters. She has so much experience in a lot of different things that many of us other dietitians aren't educated on, which makes her so valuable to our community. I'm one of Susie's biggest fans for sure. Today's episode is sponsored by Dalman's Waffles, my favorite waffle cone, caramel goodness, and a cookie. They do not use any artificial aromas or colors or use any preservatives in their baked goodies. Go to Stroopwaffles by Dalman's to learn more or to order some of your own or catch a morning flight on United. They have them there for a snack, which is kind of nice. My website, AnnaElizabethArty.com, is where you can read my latest weekly wisdom blog post where I share my current adventures, some delicious food I may be eating, and I like to create my playlist for my fitness and share them with you. I might also include a really delicious real deal recipe that I am working on, and I always include what I'm loving right now. You will find all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these awesome people. You can purchase my book from the website. You can connect with me on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.